This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about technology that affects all of us in a format that allows you to consume it in the time it takes to go to and from the grocery store. I'm your host, Lou Covey, and I probably know more about it than you do. And if I don't, I know someone who does. But first... Hi, this is Lou Covey with Crucial Tech, and we are talking about something a little bit different today. This is going to be a short one. I'm not interviewing anybody, and for reasons that will be made uh, clear pretty soon. Uh, I'm looking forward to two weeks from now when the Black Hat Conference is opening up. Uh, It's in the first week in August, and I'll be covering various events on this podcast and on Cyber Protection Magazine. Uh, In the meantime, I'm being bombarded with interview requests from security companies left and right. Basically because Black Hat is coming up and everybody wants me to cover their product announcement, which is not something we do. We will talk about products in relation to an issue, but we don't necessarily talk about products on their own. And that's one of the reasons why I haven't done a podcast in a while. Uh, I have been overwhelmed. And what's really disappointing, though completely expected, is how many of the interviews I've been doing have wasted both my time and the subjects. The problem, in two words, is mediocre marketing. I thought I'd spend a bit of time talking about marketing for this podcast. So I want to dig into what makes it ineffective and what most of us encounter. Now, I've spent most of my life obsessed with communication. My career started writing science fiction short stories in high school, proceeded for the next 50 years through broadcast and print journalism, manuals for nuclear missiles, public relations, marketing, content marketing, content distribution and strategies and right back to journalism. And I was once told that marketing is like making sausage. You may like to eat it, but you really don't want to see it being made. Some marketing is outright deceptive, to be sure, but most marketers really want to convince you to buy their products because they really believe in them and believe those products make your life better. The problem is that for the most part, They aren't sure who you are or what you need. That doesn't mean it's a bad product. It just means that the marketing data they have that targeted you is bad. And believe me, most marketing data is really, really, really bad. In fact, the data a marketer buys from a place like Facebook or Twitter is probably where the real problem exists. Those algorithms have so many flaws, and I know a lot of people argue with me on this, but I've seen the output. They have so many flaws that I would estimate that 90% of what is sold to companies looking to target people is inaccurate. Uh, But this problem has existed for far longer than social media has existed. A couple of months, excuse me, a couple of decades ago, I was representing a CAD software company that specialized in semiconductor design. And this was during the dot-com boom when investors were throwing money at companies who had sock puppets for spokespeople. Yes, that's true. You, You may be too young to remember that, but it was actually true. Now, the CEO of this software company decided he wanted to brand his company as a dot-com company. He reasoned that if they did this, then Wall Street would hype his company and raise the stock price. At least that's what he thought would happen. It didn't, because rather than understand the irrational exuberance of the stock market regarding dot-com companies, he assumed, but just by saying they were a dot-com company, would be all that's necessary to get them to slaver all over him. 
we even went on a New York tour of our Wall Street to figure to do this and nothing happened. And the thing is, other than his loyal PR rep, me, nobody would tell him otherwise, probably because well, and I don't think it's because they are afraid of him. They just said they didn't understand the market any more than he did. And the company was operating on bad marketing data. Now, about midway through his campaign, the dot-com boom went bust. As a matter of fact, it went bust pretty much on the tour itself. Now, there is good news because that bust didn't affect the CAD company. Because, number one, no one believed their claim to be a dot-com company. And number two, they weren't a dot-com company. <laughs> in fact, their stock got a little bit of a boost in, as investors started dumping their dot-com platforms or positions and started investing in semiconductors companies to soften their losses. And to prove that it's still happening today, I spent several hours preparing for an interview uh, that lasted for one hour with a security company trying to invest in, convince me that a new product that they were selling was an absolute game changer. And the problem was, after looking at their materials prior, I could not figure out why they thought this product was necessary to their product line, nor to potential recurrent customers. The product was a video conference platform that competed with Zoom and Skype and all the others that are out there. Okay, I said, why do we need another video platform? Oh, well, they said, it prevents hackers from infiltrating your data network. Well, see, that assumes that other video conference platforms are wide open for data breaches, right? So in my research, I decided to see how many companies had actually experienced data breaches due to hackers breaking through on a video chat. There weren't any. How about health organizations? Nope. Uh, schools? None at all. Government agencies? Nada. Yes, early on when we started doing video chats, the thing about you know, the, the concept of Zoom bombing came up when pranksters would drop in uninvited to video chats and post pornographic pictures, hijack conversations, and cause general havoc. But once users were educated about the security features in those platforms that already existed and turned them on, the problem went away. And a further a little bit down the line because they were uh, like Zoom especially was getting uh, problems with this. They decided to make the features an opt out. You actually had to physically go and turn them off. And a lot of and a lot of Zoom bombing happened because people turned off those protections. Now, researchers are saying that it's possible to breach through into a network through these virtual meetings. But they also say that the technical skill needed to pull that off was limited to government agencies and far beyond the skill or desire of the common criminal hacker. As one of the things about hackers is that they're not really hardworking. They, they want to find the low-hanging fruit, the people that are unprotected and haven't done anything to really do a good job with security. So going back to my question here, why do we need another virtual meeting platform? Okay, sure, working from home using virtual meeting technology is a good thing to have in today's world, and money is being made by these companies. And this particular company apparently decided to get in on the particular market, just like the CAD company did 20 years ago. And, and the thing is, they do provide conference hardware, you know, the, the cameras and the phones and, and all that stuff. And they provide a lot of security tools, 
like out-of-band authentication. That's when you try to log on to a site and then they send a code to your uh, device via text. A lot of banks use that. And they also have key logging blockers, which are a good thing. But the thing is, there are a lot of competitors out there doing out-of-band authentication and doing key logging blockers and providing secure virtual meeting platforms. Even though they may not do it in the exact same combination as this company. So adding a secure video conference product line to a company might be a good way to get their customers to use other products or to get current product clients to turn over their Zoom budget to them. Now that's basically what I got out of the pitch. But there's one thing that they threw away. This is another tool they talked about. They had a privacy tool that would protect not only the user, but every person in the organization connected to the video chat. And it could be used on any video chat platform. And they just kind of toss that aside. But as he was going on, it kind of went to a different subject. In my head, I was saying, well, that's the way to bury the lead because that's the real story. But I couldn't get them to tell me much about it. So when it comes down to the end here, I, I'm on a quest to find the holy grail in digital security, something that is affordable, something that's generally available and doesn't requ require a degree in computer science to use. This little piece of text seems to qualify but as I said, they didn't really want to talk about it. And since they didn't want to talk to demonstrate it to me, well, I'm just going to have to ignore it for now. I may revisit it after uh, Black Hat is over. But the thing is, that's how marketing is done in most tech companies. It's generally not very good. Tech companies invest in less than actual marketing than any other market segments. They are particularly, and they're particularly penurious when it comes to hiring outside help. In fact, we have to, we used to have a saying that when the time gets tough, the marketing team will get cut just before the janitorial staff. Now, as a journalist, I have to make a decision every day on what to report and what to ignore. And usually I ignore anything that is easily disproven or difficult to prove, unless for some reason that I want to really get back at the company. And there are not that many companies that I want to expose like that. You know, it's not that it's corrupt, it's just incompetent. And there are too many incompetent marketing uh, programs and companies to make an issue of it. Now, there might be narrow ranges when what the marketing notes claim lines up with reality. But most customers don't have the bandwidth to do the research necessary to determine what is and isn't true. That's problematic in the security industry because everyone needs something. But what they have been told is so vague, it is of no help in determining if what they're being talked about is going to work for them. So I'm going to keep looking for the Holy Grail. Maybe I'll find something at Black Hat. Until then, this has been Lou Covey with Crucial Tech. If you have a comment or a question, go to anchor.fm slash crucialtech, and there's a button where you can leave a one-minute audio question or comment, and I will feature that in a future uh, public, uh, broadcast, possibly. And you can also contact me at Cyber Protection Magazine. Uh, just go to the uh, contact page and I will get back to you. Uh, again, thank you for joining and see you on the flip side, probably after Black Hat.